started now. We are the Icebox Radio Theater, and let's begin this evening with a word from our sponsor. In a world where nothing is as it seems. They can't stop me! Not the police, not the army, no one! Where decency and kindness are all but extinct. I will rule the world, or they'll rue the day they tried to stop me. I, Mr. Rude! Where nastiness and meanness and not very good manners can take over the world, or at least the White House, who will save us now? No one, that's who. And then, just when he's needed, a hero appears. Who? From northern Minnesota, it's Nice Man. Okay, dear Mr. Rude, how you doing? I, Mr. Rude, am your arch nemesis. Well, sure, yeah. Don't you understand? I want you dead. Well, I don't know about that, but you seem like a real nice guy, so I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt there. I will destroy you and everything you love, nice man. Well, okay, but I'd rather you not if you could. The wife just expanded the vegetable garden, and she's really excited about it. So, you know, I can't... Don't you understand? I will bring death and destruction to the entire world! Well, again, if you could see your way clear to not, that'd be great. Not that I'm trying to tell you how to do your job or anything, but just think about it, you know? I don't understand. Does he not hear what I'm saying? Oh, every word. Impolite not to listen. I'm not a saint or nothing, but I know that much. But how are you so nice? You're like the nicest guy in the world. Oh, no, no, no. Now my friend Bobby, he's about the nicest guy you ever want to meet. Short off his back, that fella, let me tell you. So, you're just going to talk like this? You don't want to fight? Well, I like a good Tony Brook as much as the next guy, but I kind of promised the wife I'd take it easy from now on. Not as young as I used to be, and ever since I pulled that muscle in my back wrestling with the kids, oh, jeez, I could hardly get out of bed some mornings. <laughs> from Bridgeline International Pictures, it's Nice Man, the hero the world needs today. Oh, no, 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 that's real nice of you, but no, I didn't do anything. Would you just take the compliment? Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Ah! Nice man! I love going to the movies. Uh, why ever let you talk me into this dunghauser, I'll never know. Oh, come on, Woody. The store's closed. Too cold to be outside yet. It's raining. Perfect time to go to the cinema. Cinema? Now, wait a minute. You told me we were going to the movies. Uh, we are. Cinema's just another name for movies. No, no, it isn't. Movies have explosions and gunfights and stories you can follow. Cinema has words across the bottom of the screen and people yammering on about their... <sighs> Feelings. Well, don't you worry, Woody. There's plenty of explosions in this one. Are there any feelings? Uh, girl kisses a guy. I'll close my eyes. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm not going in. What? Why? Well, right there on the building, they spelled theater with an R-E at the end. And if you're not in Canada, that means cinema. Practically a code for cinema. Oh, come on, Woody. We're already here. Let's just go see the show. I don't know why I gotta go out in public to do this anymore. 
If God had intended us to keep coming to the movie theater, he wouldn't have invented VCRs. Your VCR is broken. No, it isn't. There's just a few wavy lines there in the middle of the screen. So what? You just squint and it looks fine. Or you could just close your eyes. Well, you might as well be listening to a radio show then. Hey, can we do that instead? Hey, we're already here and it's your turn. Welcome to the Voyager Multiplex Entertainment Mega Center, a division of Disney Corp. How can I make your visit magical today? What? Uh, they make him say that, Woody. Just tell her the movie you want. Oh, uh, uh, we want that superhero movie. Which one? We have three in right now. That, I, I, I don't know. He wanted me to come see it. Hi, Becky. Hi, Brad. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. We'll have two for Avengers 2, the Reavengeranen. Has your friend seen part one? Because it's not going to make any sense otherwise. Oh, that's all right. I'll talk him through it. Uh-huh. $22, please. Twenty $22? I want to watch the movie, not star in it. People don't pay to star in movies, Woody. Well, I, I know that. I just, uh, you know what I mean. All right, sure. How about this? I'll buy the tickets. You buy the popcorn. Well, that seems, that seems real nice of you, Dunghauser, but it hardly seems fair. There's no way the popcorn will be as expensive as the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 What's, so, what's so funny? Boy, is he in for a surprise. Oh, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Come on. Oh, wait wait a minute, Dunghauser. you got to pay for the tickets yet. Oh, I already did with my phone. All i got to do is walk within 10 feet of that little black box there, subtracts the money right out of my bank account. That sounds dangerous. Woody, you're so old-fashioned, you probably don't even have a credit card. I do so. Diners Club. <laughs> They're still in business? I don't know. I never use it. Yeah, well, just remember you have it when it's time to pay for the popcorn. It can't be too expensive. It's just popcorn. Popcorn with a secret ingredient? What's that? Greed. <laughs> and incredibly narrow profit margins. Welcome to the Voyager Multiplex Entertainment Mega Center Concession Stand, a division of Disney Corp. How can I make your taste buds magical today? Uh, weren't, weren't you the kid that was just helping us at the uh, back there? At the, yeah, there? we're a little shorthanded tonight. You want a job? Uh, thanks, but I got one. You sure? You can have mine. You don't like working here? Blah. What's so tough about working in a movie theater? Oh, the customers, the movies, the floor, which are sticky and no one even knows why anymore. The little kids throwing up everywhere, on the seats, on the carpet. One kid even threw up on the screen. Got it up in the upper corners and everything. That kid had real talent. Well, I'm sorry about that, but uh, I just come for the movie. Okie dokie. Welcome to the Voyager, etc., etc. What can I get you? Uh, I will have one small popcorn and uh, one small pop. Do you want butter on the popcorn? You bet. Okay, that'll be $15. What? what? <laughs> you want me to hold the butter? I, uh, I guess. How much is it then? $15. What? Well, then why did you ask if you could hold the butter? You look like you could lose a few pounds, mister. I think I'll make that a diet pop, too. Now, wait just one minute. Oh, it's okay, Woody. Just calm down. Do you believe this? These prices. Look, you gotta know how to work the system when it comes to movie concessions. They charge you a lot more for less, so you gotta buy more. How does that save me any money? All right, look. So you're getting a small popcorn for $7, right? Just hearing you say that makes my blood boil. But see, you're getting a small. If you go up to a large, twice as much corn, only three bucks more. But it's $10 for popcorn. And butter. Look, look, I'll, I'll show you how it's done, Woody. Uh, I'll have the Bladder Buster Deluxe Meal. The what? 
Okay, but the health department is making people sign a waiver before we can sell them. It's all right. I already have one filled out, brought it with me, laminated. <sighs> I think you go to the movies too much, Dunghauser. Here's your popcorn. Great day in the morning! Oh, doesn't it smell good, Woody? Oh, popcorn. That is a garbage can. No, it's not. It's a popcorn tub. The size of a garbage can. <sighs> I'll get your pop. This might take a while. Dunghauser, is, is that a beer keg? No. It sure looks like a beer keg. Well, it's not. It's a beer keg, Dunghauser. It's not a beer keg, because there's pop in there. You can't have a beer keg without beer. How on earth are you going to get all that junk into the theater? Oh, right. Uh, Becky, I got a punch card here with this purchase. Get a free rental of the hand truck. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. Here you go. Well, Woody, you said you were buying the popcorn. Oh, uh, all right. Sorry, kiddo. All I got is a 50. That's okay. You can owe us the rest. What? Come on, Woody. <laughs> oh, all right. Need any help with your snack? No, I got it pretty well balanced. Right, here we go. Theater three. <sighs> all right, well, where do you want to sit? Well, we're going to have to sit in one of them wheelchair spots so I got room for my popcorn. Look, here's two together, Woody. All right. Oh, would you look at that? The movie's already started. What'd you say this picture was about? Uh, superheroes saving the universe. Well, then how come that woman on the screen's going on about car insurance? The movie hasn't started yet. That's just the commercial. The what? The commercial. They show ads before the movie now. Did we or did we not just pay good money to come sit in this theater? We did. And they're showing us commercials? Shush. I want to see how this comes out. I think that guy's about to bundle his life in auto. <sighs> I'm going to go talk to the manager. The nerve. Oh, just calm down, Woody. See, look, commercial's gone. They put up a puzzle game now. That's a tough one, too. What happened to watching movies when you went to the movies? It, it's coming. It's coming. Help me fill out this puzzle. It's a word fill-in. It's Wizard of Oz, Donghauser. Oh, how can you be so sure with all those letters missing? It says T-H blank W-I-Z-A-R blank of blank Z. Well, yeah, but how can you be sure? Ooh, they're putting up the answer. Good. I'm dying of curiosity. Wow, Woody, you were right. No kidding. How much life insurance do I win? Quiet, they're starting. I thought you said there were superheroes in this movie. There is. Well, what's that guy on the sailboat doing? Oh, this isn't our movie. It's a trailer. No, no, it's not. It's a boat. You can clearly see it floating on the water. No, Woody, this is a trailer. Dunghauser, that is very clearly a boat. No, it's a trailer. I guided in this territory for 50 years. You don't think I know the difference between a boat and a trailer? Woody, look, come on. You got to work with me here a little bit. <sighs> of course. If you got a boat, you probably do need a trailer. Woody, what we're seeing's not the movie. It's not the movie? No. But there's pictures on the screen and music and stuff. Yeah, but it's not a movie. Then, am I having a stroke, Dunghauser? No, Woody, it's not our movie. It's a trailer. Well, we settled that. That is a boat. Woody, it's a trailer. They're showing us a preview of coming attractions. Movies are coming to the theater soon. You mean another commercial? 
No, no. It's just showing us scenes and elements of another movie so that we'll want to come back to the theater when it's playing here. And buy tickets. Yeah. And popcorn. Of course. Then it's a commercial. No, it's a trailer. It's like a mini movie. Look, sailboat one's done, another one's coming up. Great day in the morning. What's wrong with those people? Who? The actors, the, the ones up on the screen. Their, their heads are too big and they're jumping around like idiots. They're animated, Woody. They sure are. No, no, they're animated. It's a cartoon. No, that can't be. Cartoons look like drawings. These here look like, I don't know what they look like, Play-Doh on steroids. That's 3D computer animation. A computer did that? Sure. I don't think we should let computers make movies anymore, Dunghauser. Those things are going to haunt my nightmares. Oh, just relax. It should be the last trailer. And why do you keep calling them trailers anyway? Well, because they trail after the movie. You mean we missed the movie? Ah, oh, what a shame. Let's go. No, no, we just got here. But you said they trail after the movie. Well, they used to, anyway. Trailers used to come after the movie. That's right, but they moved them to the front of the movie. So trailers come before the movie now. That's right. Well, then why don't they call them trucks? <laughs> what? Trucks. Trucks come before trailers, right? What are you talking about? Well, if trailers don't trail after the movie anymore, you can't call them trailers. you got to call them something else. And you think we should call them trucks? Well, I suppose you can call them cars if you like, but a car doesn't nearly have enough towing capacity. Yeah, hey, the movie's starting. How can you tell? Well, dimming the lights in the theater. Oh, I'm glad some things haven't changed. Oh, I can't wait for this one. It's going to be so good. You know, now that we're here... I kind of see the appeal of the movies. Now you're talking. The popcorn, the big screen, and these seats are a darn sight more comfortable than in my day. Oh, they sure are. I think you're going to really like this movie, Woody. It might be a bit more exciting than you're used to, but... Woody? Woody? Oh, well, more popcorn for me, I guess. That was Cinema Cynics. Woody and Dunghauser are two characters we've had for quite a while here on the Icebox Radio Theater. Justin Kapla was Dunghauser, I was Woody. And of course, Scott Turner down there was the clerk. Was the clerk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're just about ready to hear from our own Northland sleuth, uh, Lance Manley Library Detective. But first, another word from our sponsor. Coming soon to a theater near you, a tale of heartbreak. I, I just don't understand how this keeps happening. Don't torture yourself, Ron. A tale of broken promises. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. A tale of unrequited love. You put your heart and soul into a relationship and what do you get? Nothing. That's right. Nothing. I'm thinking of leaving. No, you can't. Give it... Give it a little more time. Just one more season. I can't. I'm not getting any younger. And just once, I'd like to know what it's what it's like to to go to the Super Bowl. Bridgeline International Pictures presents It Happened in the Cities, I a tragic romance that only Minnesota sports fans would understand. I can't take it anymore. This was going to be our year. It's okay, dear. Trading those three all-stars will give us a really good shot at the first overall picnic season. Oh, I, 
I have a confession to make. You can tell me anything. I... I... It's all right. I don't even want to go to the playoffs if it means losing in the first round again. Oh, it's over. Sometimes the deepest love comes through suffering. And if you're a Minnesota sports fan, that suffering runs deep. This can work out. How? It's good that we traded our leading scorer for a 32-year-old defenseman who scored four goals last year and just hurt himself in practice. It can all work out. <laughs> Dear, your, your eye is twitching again. It can work out. Hope springs eternal. We're in the postseason. Only to be dashed again and again. But we're playing the Yankees. Even the newest relationships are not immune. I say it's simply splendid that we have a soccer team in the Twin Cities again. Yep, Minnesota United. But tell me, how could they play so splendidly all season, then lose it immediately in the playoffs? You ain't lived here long, have you? It's a tale of torment, a tale of sadness, but not a tale without hope. It's It Happened in the Cities. A romance where almost everything goes wrong eventually. Ladies and gentlemen, champions of the WNBA, your Minnesota Lynx! Well, almost everything. <laughs> Too Bright, the only book like that's guaranteed to blind your enemies, presents... Lance Manley, Library Detective. There's a million readers in the Naked City. My job to keep them in line. It's a tough racket doing security at the local public library, but this is my promise to you. Every overdue book borrower, every mouthy chatterbox, every matronly loudmouth holding up the checkout line so she can tell you her hip feels funny will have to answer to me, Lance Manley. We'll be back to, with Lance Manley in just a moment. But first, friends, your booklight sends a message to your community about you and your family. And it's one of the most important consumer choices you can make. You can either be Mr. Soft Soap, the ineffectual character who bothers and is noticed by absolutely nobody, or you can be a man of purpose, a man of action, a too bright man. Two bright reading lamps not only make the pages of your fav favorite book or magazine perfectly legible in even the darkest rooms, they represent a real threat to the health and well-being of anyone within a half-mile radius. And that spells respect for you. So send a message to your community. This is a Two Bright household. Don't with us. <laughs> and now, Lance Manley, library detective. In a tiny alcove high above the stacks of the public library, a frosted glass door keeps evildoers at bay and bibliophiles fingering the stacks in safety. For on the other side of that glass, sitting behind a battered oak desk, is the cop of cataloging the shamus of the stacks, the dick of Dewey Decimals, Lance Manley. Library detective. Come in. Hey Lance, you got a second? You gotta? Doghouse rally, library janitor and part-time snitch. What can I do for you? Gee, Lance, you gotta introduce me like that every time, you gotta? Gives a guy a complex, a complex it does. Oh, I'm sorry, Doghouse, but they didn't give me an introductory voiceover this episode. Come on in. Thanks, Lance. Hey, I got news, news I got. Doghouse Riley was a good ally in the fight against bibliographic crime. 
His position in the basement gave him a unique position, a set of ears and eyes that were seldom noticed, but picked up everything. Hey, it's a voiceover. Uh, never mind that now, Darkhouse. Uh, what's the skinny? What's the lowdown? Spill the beans and pick him up again. Word on the street, on the street. He's at an old friend of yours. He's on his way here, his way here, Lance. And that wind is a wind which blows ill for you and your job. Uh, a job that blows, huh? Who is this old friend? Hanging onto your hat, you should, Lance. The friend is Cyrus Amazon, the friend. Cyrus Amazon. That was a name I hadn't heard in some time. He was an industrialist and professional gambler who made his millions in the book-selling business and turned them into billions at the Baccarat tables of Monte Carlo. He was either the luckiest man you ever met or the biggest card cheat on two continents. And I mean biggest in multiple variations of the nomenclature. He cheated like hell, and he was huge. The Green Bay Packers offensive line could take lessons from this guy on eating and on being offensive. But the reason Amazon and I crossed 45s on more than one occasion was his pathological hatred of free public lending libraries. He thought they cut into his bookselling business, and all the library journal articles proving otherwise were lost on him. He and his billions had it in for me, and I chalk it up to pirate's luck and clean living that I'd survive more than one encounter with the corpulent corporate head. Oh, oh, hey, I think I hear a particular heavy footfall on the heavy side coming up the stairs, I hear it. Yeah, duck on the back weight there, doghouse. This isn't going to be pretty. Just dial staff off if you need me, if you need me. I'll be uh, hiding behind the boiler behind it. Doghouse made himself scarce, and who could blame him? The sound of Cyrus Amazon laboring up the stairs would put anyone in the mind of an angry walrus. And Doghouse always did resemble a seal, in my opinion. So I sat behind my desk to wait. And wait. And wait some more. Jeez, this guy's fat. My door burst open, and there he stood. All six foot, four hundred pounds of him. Every ounce poured into a white linen suit the Boy Scouts could sleep under at Yosemite. And up top, just below a pricey handmade Panama, woven from real Panamanians, was a look of utter disgust. Manly, it said. What's the meaning of putting this confounded office of yours up a flight of stairs? Were there no rooms on the ground floor? Oh, I'm sorry, Amazon, but we keep books on the ground floor. Books the public can check out, you know, for free. Yeah, communist fiddle-faddle. Ah. <laughs> that why you come all the way up my stairs, that tired old line... Of course not. I have business to discuss. Well, in that case, sit down before you fall down, Amazon. You look all in. Well, it's to my eternal torment that I must admit you're right, Manly. Uh, I never heard you use those words in that order before. Take the good chair. You jest, sir. None of the furniture in this room would qualify as the good chair if it were in the worst brothel in Istanbul. I'll defer to your greater experience in that area. Sit. This one'll do. Barely. Now we just have the floor to worry about. What brings you up to see me, Amazon? I've come a great distance in some haste with the promise of reward for us both, Manly. That is, if you're smart enough to cast your lot in with me. Interesting enough overture, but let's hear the rest of the act. 
Well, it's only a story of forbidden treasure ready to be plucked by the wise and careful. You needed somebody wise and careful, so you thought a little old me. Don't be ridiculous. Your part in this will be tiny, but very well rewarded. I merely require a certain credential which you have in your possession. And what credential's that? Your security pass to the Central Book Distributor's Warehouse. No can do, Amazon. Took me years to build up the red points to get that dingus. I misuse it once, and I'd lose my job. Uh, come work for me, then. Doing what? Blowing up libraries? Uh, maybe on the weekends for fun, but no. <laughs> Simply taking care of various items of business. All strictly legal, of course. Well, anything's possible. <laughs> well, but for this job, you didn't worry. I don't need you, only the credential. Well, unless you're willing to steal my fingerprints and my retinas, it won't do you much good. Attempting suggestion, Manly, but alas, unnecessary and messy. Besides, when you hear what I'm after, you'll want to be in on the score. All right, I'll bite. What's the score? A book, of course, but not just any book. You've heard undoubtedly of The Molted Falcon. The Molted Falcon. Now, there was a title that I hadn't circulated in a while. It was a ghost book, a publisher's campfire story, a now-you-see-em-now-you-don't-hoodoo that editors like to talk up after one too many cups of chamomile laced with cooking sherry. The story was that Stephen King, that man that saved publishing back in the 80s, had written a book that never saw the light of day. It was during his pharmaceutically enhanced period when he could knock out manuscripts two at a time, sometimes working without sleep for days. During one such nose candy jag, the story goes he conceived of a singular book, a work of art printed on the finest vellum, bound in the, le in the leather of aristocratic Swiss cows, and inked with a mixture of Fort Knox gold and whiskey from Hemingway's private stock. Add a few grand worth of jewels and gold leaf, and you have the most valuable book in the world without Gutenberg in the title. The book is called The Molted Falcon. It's about a bird that molted. Legend has it, it's just as bad as it sounds. Or at least that's how the story goes. You waste my time with fairy tales, Amazon. It's real, I tell you, I have proof. <laughs> it's a story you tell your first year copy readers to haze them, a, a literary snipe hunt. If I had a nickel for every trainee tech who was sent to find the molted falcon in the stack. Every legend grows from an acorn of truth, Manly, and I intend to follow this one to its source. You'd be better off collecting the acorns. So what's your proof? Photographic evidence. That picture was taken in Paris 24 hours ago in an alley behind a rare book dealer's off the Rue de Florentine. This is just a picture of two guys in berets passing a book. It don't prove nothing. I've been following that book for six months, Manly. In Istanbul, I missed it by a week. In Tokyo, by a month. And in Bangor, Maine, it was ahead of me by a mere day. It took some doing, but I tracked it down. It's here, Manly. The Molted Falcon. It's supposed to be terrible, you know. I don't intend to read it. I intend to have it. So that no other man alive can say the same. And it doesn't bother you at all that the book and the photo appears to have a basic black library binding and not a jewel-encrusted gold-leaf treasure. We acquired that black cover in Sydney. A kind of camouflage so that all but the most knowledgeable bibliophile can be holding it in, my, in his hands and not recognize its value. Indeed, and Ruse is the only reason it slipped through my fingers and continued on to Tokyo. Oh, you must not have been holding it in your hands, then. Mm. Be that as it may, you can be assured, Manly, that's the book. 
All right, Amazon. I'll probably regret this, but I'll play your game with just one house rule of my own. Truth was, I was soft in the head for trusting Amazon as far as me and four other guys could throw them. But I had to admit, the chance to see such a rare legend as the Molted Falcon was simply too great for me to pass up. So I took out stupidity insurance in the form of the 38 from my lower desk drawer and headed back to my cold water flat to wait. Four hours and three bourbons later, the sun had set and the time had come to head to the distribution center. It was a quiet place at night. Quiet as a writer's dreams when she finally gets that line of dialogue or description just right. There was no sign of life around the shipping door, so I headed out back to the shipping entrance. A retinal scan later and I was inside. The smell of books hung heavy on the air, like the words of all the generations were looking down, judging me for what I was about to do. But Amazon's instructions had been explicit. I was to go to the back shelf in the Christian romance section, move a gross weight of Janidoki out of the way, then look for a loose floorboard with the words Beckley written on it in red pencil. A few minutes later, I found the board I was looking for. Lifting that board gave me the chills. I made like Howard Carter and reached into the hole beneath the floorboard and took hold of what felt like a standard heavy cellophane book cover. I pulled out my hand and there it was. A black hardcover book that felt to be about 700 pages on the low end for a tome from King's 80s output, but still within the realm of possibility. I sized it up. Even though it looked like a normal book, my head swam with possibilities. My mouth filled with cotton, and my palms grew sweaty. All I had to do was open to the first leaf to know for sure if this mythical book was absolutely on the level. I reached down and grabbed the front cover. I lifted it slowly, slowly, when suddenly, the shots sounded like they came from a balcony high above me. I was being assaulted from the theology section, so I tucked the book under my arm and ran. Something stank to high heaven. Amazon's plan was for me to grab the book, meet him out in the parking lot, and make the exchange. Problem was, Amazon was a no-show, and I quickly deduced that an old heap was on my tail. I swerved up into the hills and lost him in the switchbacks, then headed straight for the public. I was pretty sure I'd lost my tail by the time I opened my office door. I should have known better. Hold it right there, Manly. Amazon, I should have known your offer was too good to be true. Whatever do you mean, Manly, it was most sincere. Flick on the lights and see. You see? I was merely waiting for your return. And I thought the plan was to meet up at the book distributor. I was unavoidably detained. And that gun soul would try to plug me in the trade paperbacks. Whatever do you mean, Lance? I had no idea you were in any trouble. <laughs> sure, sure. Is that... Then under your arm. That's the book, yeah. Is it genuine? Oh, I haven't had a chance to look. I've been busy. Hand it over, man. I've been searching for ten years. And you can search for ten more years, Amazon. Unless, of course, you have my fee. Yes, yes, now hand it over. All right. If you insist. <laughs> my nose. Oh, what's this you dropped, Amazon? Yeah, 38. I thought I heard a gun cock when I came through the door. Well, you can't begrudge me for wanting a little security, can you? Then spill. Why'd you send some gunman after me at the distributors? I didn't, I swear. 
Many disreputable characters are after this book. Undoubtedly one was there searching as you arrived. Oh, that's convenient, especially since you weren't waiting outside like you said you'd be. As I told you, I was unavoidably detained. Then how exactly did you know to wait for me here in my office? Where else would you go after acquiring the book? So you didn't intend to shoot me, or have me shot? Ah, of course not. You just thought you'd wait in the dark with a gun. I'm an important man. Personal protection's a matter of form. You've got an answer for everything, don't you, Amazon? In my age and my position, you have to, Mr. Manley. Now, finally, after ten years... No. No, it can't be. It can't be! Well, what's the matter, Amazon? Damn you, Manly, you swindled me! You thief! You gypsy! Oh, quit with the racially tinged insults and spill. What's with the book? This isn't the Malted Falcon at all. It's an annotated version of the Twilight Saga. And that was it. Amazon rose from the chair behind my desk like the Kraken emerging from the sea and waddled out, stopping only once to ask for his gun. I told him I would send it to him by courier in the morning, and after he left, I threw the 38 in the incinerator chute. I really should have taken the bullets out first. Sorry, doghouse. That's all right, Lance. No harm done, no harm done. So the library is safe for now from the likes of Cyrus Amazon. But I knew he'd be back with some underhanded scheme to put us out of business. There was no ending the fight against his kind. I might have even been premature this time, given that the case had more twists than Agatha Christie in a pretzel factory. For example, I still had no idea who had been shooting at me back at the book distributor. Had it been Amazon or one of his goons? Possibly. But it had it been Amazon himself who told me where the book was hidden. And his whole story about needing my credential to get into the building falls apart if one of his boys was already inside, taking aim at my noggin. Too many questions, especially for a Tuesday night. So I bored myself a triple and reached down to pick up the book that had bounced off Amazon's nose. Twilight. Annotated by the author, it said. Oh, I figured I'd been a bad boy, so why not pay a penance? Why not cap off this day with a trip to the world of sparkly vampires and hunky werewolves? A trip no less strange than the one Amazon was surely on. A trip to find the stuff that dreams are made of. That was Lance Manley. And uh, the case of the Molten Falcon, we had, of course, uh, I play Doghouse Riley. I'm Jeffrey Adams. Justin Kapla was your Cyrus Amazon. And the man himself, the Shamus of the Stacks, was Caleb Silvers as Lance Manley, library detective. <laughs> We're going to take a breath and see if we can gather up those, uh, those slips of paper that indicate who wants to try and play our game. And we will be back in about five minutes to do that. You're listening to the Icebox Radio Theater coming to you from the Salty Jester. Very good job, guys. <laughs>